Today we are returning again to these words of the blessed Lord's Prayer. And as we draw near to the closing words of this precious prayer that the Lord Jesus taught his disciples, we find what most Bible teachers call a doxology. A doxology. A doxology is a form of glorifying praise to God. Praise for who he is and for all the things that he's done. We just sang a doxology this Lord's Day and thanking him for the tithes and the offerings. Thanking God for his provision that he gives to this church through you all. That's a doxology. And this doxology here in the Lord's Prayer is much the same. Praising God and declaring that the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to him. And implicit within this particular doxology is the recognition that God is not only the creator of all things, but he's also the keeper, the daily keeper, the, the daily sustainer and guardian of all things that take place on the earth. And as we pray these words, you and I are declaring that we agree that God is all of those things. As we're told there in Romans chapter 11, from him and through him and to him are all things and to him be glory forever. This is our part, folks. This is our part, our response to our loving Father as we make our prayers and our petitions to him. We readily agree that this world, this life, even this whole existence of ours is his. It's his kingdom. And all power and all glory is his. Listen to these words again. I'm going to read them twice. First from Luke chapter 11. And then I'll read it again as it's given over in Matthew chapter 6. These words is rendered by the New King James Version. Verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. Now it came to pass as he, the Lord Jesus, was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then again, I'd like for us to reach over into Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus was teaching this Lord's Prayer on another occasion. And in this particular rendering of the Lord's Prayer, these final words that we'll be talking about today are given to us. Listen, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It's my hope that for this week, and perhaps next week, that our focus will be mainly on just these last few words of this prayer. The words, for thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I'd like for us to ask again 
this question that we've asked in earlier messages. What exactly does Jesus mean when he speaks about the kingdom? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? And what effect, what impact does the kingdom of God have upon you and me as we live out these present days here on this earth? Now I'd like to begin with the second part of that question. What is the effect, what is the impact of the kingdom of God on you and me as we live out these present days here on the earth? Because as we've acknowledged when we first studied the beginning words of this prayer that spoke about the kingdom of God, when we hear and when we say the words kingdom of God, most often our thoughts are limited. They go immediately to somewhere out there in the realms of the sky, somewhere in a place beyond our daily living existence and to a time that's beyond our living years. The kingdom of God is sometime later. And yes, the kingdom of God is there. But here in these words, here in this prayer, Jesus is teaching us that God's kingdom is not just out there somewhere later on, separated from us for now. But it actually encompasses all of the boundaries of both heaven and earth, and not only time's future, but also time's present, right now. And yes, God has always been the sovereign governing authority over all of the earth since the very first moment of creation. But we're told here in these scriptures that it was only, only when as Jesus came to live among us that he began to fully establish his kingdom here among us on this earth. And though now the kingdom of God lives and grows all over this earth, many, many people, perhaps most people on the earth, they fail to see it. And they fail to enter into his kingdom. Now may I say that again? That though God's kingdom now lives and it grows daily within us, And all around us. There are so many, many people who are unable to see God's kingdom and to enter into it. All we have to do is look around us. Uh, In the national media, even in our neighborhoods. There are many, many people who are unable to see God's kingdom and to enter into it. And Jesus said those mysterious words to one of the Jewish leaders, to Nicodemus, who had come to inquire of Jesus late one night. Jesus said to him, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here Jesus is saying that although the kingdom of God is all around us, before we can have eyes to see it, a special transformation needs to take place within our souls. We must be born again. We must be born again. And it's then and only then that we'll be able to see the kingdom of God as it lives and as it flourishes all around us and within us. And then Jesus went on to explain further to Nicodemus. He said, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, he said, that I said to you, you must be born again. These words of the Lord Jesus tell us that 
we don't only need to see the kingdom of God, but we also need to enter into it. Folks, these are mysterious words that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. And at first, Nicodemus, a very learned man, didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Now, thankfully, we know that later on, Nicodemus did finally understand. The same is true for you and me. It's an absolutely necessary transformation that must take place within us. That we, you and I, must humble our hearts and understand and receive these words of the Lord Jesus for our own souls. Absolutely necessary. Sadly, though, for most all of the people on this earth, they also do not understand Jesus' words. Jesus told us about that. Matthew chapter 7, he said, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many, many who go in by it. But narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Few who find it. On another occasion, as Jesus was teaching the people, he was giving instructions to the use of parables. At this particular time, he was using the parable of the sower. And as his disciples listened to him say those words of the parable of the sower, They realized they didn't understand what he was saying. They couldn't comprehend the meaning of the parable. And so later on they drew Jesus aside and they asked him to explain his words to them. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, outside of the kingdom of God, but to those outside all things come in parables. And listen to these words carefully. So that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. These are in themselves very mysterious, incomprehensible words. Why does God not want everyone to hear and to see and and to understand and then turn and have their sins forgiven? Why is that? Why does God not want everyone to hear and to see and to understand and to turn and have their sins forgiven? Jesus just spoke those words to us. The answer to that question is a mystery to us. It's truly a mystery why God would say to some, his disciples in particular, I want you to understand, but I don't want them to understand. It's a mystery. But I do know that it will be revealed to us at some point in due time as our love for the Lord and for His truths mature. But for the present, you and I can only know the imagery that's being presented to us. And that is that the kingdom of God is a place of goodness and righteousness. And that those who enter into it will experience great blessings. And again, mysteriously, as Jesus brought the kingdom of God to this earth, he didn't just simply and immediately cast out this kingdom of man with all of its sins and all of its corruption. He left both kingdoms, the kingdom of man and the kingdom of God, to exist side by side. Yes, with the intent that the kingdom of God would then grow and it would displace all of the maladies of this earth, but only through time, through the work of the Holy Spirit, and through 
chosen disciples like you and me and those that followed him in his day. Now picture this in your mind, if you will. As we who have been born again walk daily within the kingdom of God, walking just outside the kingdom of God is the kingdom of man. And you can see it. Think about it. That's what's taking place in our society today with all of the sin and corruption that's taking place today and every day. Walking just outside the kingdom of God is the kingdom of man and the two walk daily side by side. Unfortunately, for those in the kingdom of man, they can only see dimly as through a glass, Scripture tells us. Some of them can see into the kingdom of God. And they can see some of the benefits that are taking place within the kingdom of God. The love and joy and peace that goes on in your life. And they would wonder why they don't have that in their life. And perhaps sometimes they would wish that to be so. But they're not ready to take that step and enter in. And as those two kingdoms walk side by side, there's no separation. There are barriers, yes. But you and I are walking side by side with that kingdom of man and all of their sinful ways. Those citizens of this this kingdom of man, they watch us and they don't know why their life is turning out so difficult with so many troubles, why they can't have what we have. And sadly, too often they cry out to their politicians to pass some kind of a law to make their lives as pleasant as ours. But they're looking in the wrong direction. They're looking for the wrong, the wrong remedy to their problems. They don't know that the problem is within their own souls. That insurmountable problem of sin and their indwelling sin nature. That nature that's within them that came into them at birth. And they live in it daily. Folks, nothing of sin. Nothing of the sin that resides within that kingdom of man. Nothing of sin that's within that sin nature will be permitted into the kingdom of God. It will not. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, listen to these words. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Simple words, but absolute truth. We may not like it because some of the people we love the most are there in the kingdom of man. And they have those habits, those conducts. This part of the mystery of God, His his marvelous kingdom exists all around, within us and around us each day as we walk through the days of this earth. But few of those in the kingdom of man all around us can see it. And they can't enter into it and enjoy the precious benefits that you and I enjoy. They instead live out their days in the dark world. I invite you to read the book of Ephesians. It talks all about this darkness that prevails all around us. They exist within that dark world, just outside, just outside the kingdom of God. And they suffer all the habits and the behaviors of their broken world of the kingdom of man. 
The contrast between those two kingdoms can clearly be seen in the words of Galatians 5. Listen to this contrast between the two very different kingdoms. First, the kingdom of man. And this is a whole long list, so bear with me. He said, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, as I've told you in the past, that those who practice, listen, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Simple words of truth. But listen now to the contrast. That's the kingdom of man. Listen to the contrast of those in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now what a contrast that is. It's easy to see. The kingdom of man with all of its envy and murder and strife. And then the kingdom of God with love and joy and peace. I am so very thankful that God has drawn me and drawn you into the kingdom of God. What a precious gift of grace it is. Some of us have been Christians for so long we don't realize just how blessed we are. It's our way of life as Christians. But all we have to do is look around us at our neighbors. All we have to do is look at any news media reports. Oh, we are so fortunate. Now I want to say all this again. That while some people read these words about the kingdom of God and they can only envision that Jesus is talking about heaven out there in the sky after we die, that is not what these words are intended to tell us. These words really do speak about here, today, and now. Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of God that's alive and it's thriving in and around you and me right at this moment. That kingdom in which we as believing Christians enjoy the continual presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit. That kingdom where we can freely choose to reject the habits and the lures of the sinful world and instead choose Christ and His precious provisions for our daily lives. Folks, you can read that in Romans chapter 6. We now as born-again believers... We really do have the ability to make the choice to turn away from all of that. Those people that live within the kingdom of man, they don't. They can't do that. It's only through the indwelling Holy Spirit that we're able to do it. And thanks be to God for that. This kingdom of God, folks, is a precious gift brought to us by the Lord Jesus as he came here and he died to defeat the powers of sin. And for those of us who now live within and enjoy the present day comforts of the kingdom of God, and I'm talking to you and to me, there should be a very compelling question taking place within our souls. And that question is, what needs to be our response to having received this blessed gift of grace that the Lord Jesus has showered upon us? What is to be our response 
Are we to simply live within the protective walls of this blessed kingdom of God, enjoying all of its benefits, but only watching as through a window at all the miseries that are taking place right beside us in the kingdom of man? Not allowing ourselves to somehow reach out to them to show them the way to come inside the kingdom that we're living so comfortably within this kingdom of God. The answer to that question, at least part of the answer, can be seen in one of the explanations that's given by the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 13. There he said, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It's like a mustard seed which a man took and he put in his garden and it grew and it became a large tree and the birds of the air nested in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It's like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Folks, you and I, as believers in Christ, we are the visible representation of the kingdom of God on this earth. Yes, we're to be faithful to walk along that narrow path that the Lord Jesus has laid out for us. But please understand, that narrow path, picture this in your mind if you will, that narrow path tracks right alongside, even often right through the middle of that broad path that our loved ones are on in their lost kingdom of man. They're so close to us we can reach out and touch them. And you and I must allow the saving nature and the loving heart of the Lord Jesus to be seen in us. We're that close to them. He should be able to be seen in us, in our behaviors, in our habits, in the words that we say. And if we act just like they act, it's of no benefit to them. It does not bless the Lord and it does not bless us and it does not bless them. In these Gospels, the Lord Jesus is plainly telling you and me that as God's beloved children, we have a divine responsibility that has to take place within our hands. And that is the responsibility to make His kingdom grow and to flourish. That we're to reach forward out of our kingdom of God into the kingdom of man. And by the power of His Holy Spirit, begin to draw men and women out of that kingdom of man into the kingdom of God. You'll notice that when the Lord Jesus reached in and saved your and my wretched soul, that He didn't immediately just pull us out and take us into heaven. He left us here intentionally to walk within this world. We are the wheat in that parable of the wheat and the weeds. We are the wheat that has been left to grow all in amongst the weeds. And He did that for a very, very special reason. These scriptures tell us that We are called to be ambassadors of Christ, representing Him to the world, to them, the lost ones that are walking right beside us. And as ambassadors, we're called to live in amongst those lost ones as a mustard seed and as the leaven that the Lord Jesus spoke about. Folks, it's only as a mustard seed is planted in the dirt that it's able to grow and become a large tree. And it's only as leaven is mixed into the dough that it can do its work and cause the bread to expand. That's the picture that the Lord Jesus is giving to us of our responsibility. 
Now again, that narrow pathway that leads to life, it travels right through and all in amongst the people who are walking headlong into their destruction. They're on that broad path that leads to destruction. And our narrow path tracks right along with them. And God has uniquely called you and me who are in this kingdom of God to be as a mustard seed and as leaven as we intermingle with those lost ones that are heading for their destruction. It's you and I who have been given the key that will unlock that gate and let those dear lost ones into the kingdom of God and onto the pathway that leads to life. And that key is the gospel. He tells us that in Mark chapter 1. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he also tells us in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of this gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. This is our calling, folks. This is our task that the Lord has given to us. Those of us who have Christ as our Savior, who live daily within all of the benefits of this kingdom of God, and there are many, we are to reach out with the good news of the salvation of Jesus Christ, spreading that good news like leaven throughout the lost and dying world. That is the prayer that we're praying each time that we utter these words, for thine is the kingdom. These words are not just a statement about God's kingdom. They are a prayer, a pleading for God's Holy Ghost power and His strength to fill our lives and our voices as we speak the gospel to this lost and dying world, spreading the truth like leaven into the hearts and lives of those who will hear it. And let me remind you that many of those that we are speaking to are our dear loved ones members of our own family and friendships. Let me close with these words. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, there is so much within your truth. So much that we just go right on by it too often without stopping to ask, what did you mean by this? Help us to know that this blessed gift of being in the kingdom of God has responsibilities. And it begins with us reaching out to those lost ones in the kingdom of man and drawing them in to your kingdom of God. We are the agent of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.